0: Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations.
1: This podcast is proudly sponsored by the packaging division of Micromatic, the leader in keg spear quality and innovation. Let our veteran technical support staff provide you with the training and information you need to safely service your kegs. For more information, visit Micromatic.com. This week on the show, our guest. My name is Nick Mater, and I'm with Fremont Brewing Company out of Seattle, Washington
0: is on a mission to eliminate black box syndrome in regards to mixed culture fermentations.
1: And this is what I really wanted to look at with these mixed cultures, was evaluating the overall ester and phenol concentrations of these these strains as a mixed culture. All right, Nick,
0: so uh, why mixed culture fermentations? Uh, What did you hope to learn from these trials?
1: So, mixed culture fermentations uh, we're starting to see more and more in the brewing industry, and they're fermentations that really are interesting to me and, and a lot of other and a lot of other brewers. And with these trials, I just wanted to look at you know one scope or one aspect of mixed culture fermentations um, because there's just such a wide variety of of these types of fermentations that you can do. And for this project, I just chose two different yeast strains, and conducted fermentation trials on those two different yeast strains, using them as both mixed cultures with different inoculum percentages, as well as, as uh, pure culture fermentations that were used as baselines to compare those mixed culture fermentations against.
0: And are we talking about mixing yeast cultures here only, or are we also talking about mixing yeast and bacteria?
1: Yeah, so this these types of fermi- or the fermentation trials that I did were yeast only, and that's kind of a great question because there really are two types of di- mixed culture fermentations. The first being yeast only, so typically a combination of saccharomyces and non-saccharomyces yeast, which the majority of the time that would be botanomyces. But as we're as more people continue to experiment, that could be something else. Um, and then yeast and bacteria fermentations might be that traditional sort of mixed culture fermentation that we're so familiar with. So the combination of Saccharomyces, Brettanomyces, Pediococcus, and Lactobacillus.
0: All right. Well, tell us um, tell us more about the cultures that you use in this study. Give us some details.
1: So the two yeast strains that I used were um, both from the Brewing Science Institute. The first one was a Saccharomyces strain BSI five six five, which is Classic Saison strain with, uh, you know, fairly high attenuation characteristics as well as uh, a pretty large range of, uh, for fermentation temperature. And then the Brett strain I used was BSI Dre, which is a Brett Brucks variety. And then this was isolated. Actually, they isolated this from a famous Lambic brewery. And the attenuation on this strain, based on their information, varies uh, with a fairly high... Recommended fermentation temperature, and I chose these two strains just because of the fact that I knew that they could work well together from past experience, and they also can um, can out- also work at those higher fermentation temperatures.
0: Set up the trials for us. Give us some some of your wort parameters. Uh, talk about how you inoculated it. You know, what did the fermentation times and temperatures look like? That sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So. I, I did this project all in house at our, at our lab at Fremont, and the word that was used was pretty standard 13.4 Play a 5.2 pH, and well oxygenated to 10 ppm prior to inoculation. And so I set this up in, in five different trials, and they were all performed in triplicate. So, um, two of those trials were, were pure culture fermentations. So um, I listed them, you know, F1 through F5 just as, as markers for the trials. But um, for the, you know, so there's one pure culture Saccharomyces fermentation, one pure culture Britannomyces fermentation. And then in the middle is kind of what we're looking at with these mixed culture fermentations. So in those fermentations, I actually changed up the inoculant percentages. So it would be, for example, 75% Britannomyces, 25% Saccharomyces. Fifty-fifty, and then twenty-five seventy-five. Just to look at those differences and what's happening in that in between, and if if you know uh, your inoculations, how much they play an impact on you know things like esters and phenols and, and final gravity and and what you're seeing. What fermentation
0: temperature did you use, and how did you decide on that?
1: Yeah, I fermented everything at twenty degrees Celsius, which is on the higher side. Um, but I did that for you know two main reasons. First being I wanted to make sure everything um, you know finished in you know and nothing stalled out. The sac strain that I used is kind of notorious for stalling out at lower temperatures. And then also I based that temperature off of a great article written on ester production in the genus Britannomyces. And that was their recommend, recommended fermentation temperature for uh, ester production in Britannomyces. And this is what I really wanted to look at with these mixed cultures was evaluating the overall ester and phenol concentrations of these, these strains as a mixed culture.
0: All right, well, let's get into the results. How did those five fermentations stack up against each other?
1: So with all the five fermentations, Actually, saw that in F1 to F4, which was the pure Saccharomyces fermentation and all the mixed culture fermentations, there was really only about two and a half percent difference in the apparent attenuation. Um, and then with F5 being the pure Botanomyces fermentation, it was it finished at 77 percent attenuation and uh, 3.1 on the final gravity. So that was the big difference. You saw that these mixed culture fermentations were actually attenuating. The same as the pure culture saccharomyces fermentation, or even higher. Actually, one of the fermentation trials finished higher than, than uh, the pure sac fermentation.
0: Was the F5 much of a surprise to you, or were you kind of expecting that?
1: No, I was expecting that. I've, seen, I've uh, worked with that strain at Fremont, and that's right about the attenuation we'll see on that particular Brett Bruck strain.
0: Coming up, ester and phenol results from NYX trials and what that means for your own mixed culture fermentations. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas.
1: This podcast is proudly sponsored by the packaging division of Micromatic. In 2015, Micromatic introduced the concept of a 10-year, 10-color coating of CO2 valves as a tool for brewers to proactively separate kegs which are due for spear service or replacement. Industry veterans John Graber and Steve Brott are available for workshops and presentations to ensure safe and effective maintenance of your Micromatic spears. For more information, visit micromatic.com.
0: Here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. Two districts have meetings on November 13th. District Western New York meets at Bottomless Brewing and District Northern California meets at East Brother Brewing. District Rocky Mountain holds its fall meeting November 14th at Crazy Mountain in Denver. District Milwaukee gathers in Brookfield November 15th. The District Ontario Annual General Meeting is November 16th at the Molson Coors Pub. District St. Louis is at Kirkwood Station on the 16th and District Southeast is at Isla Mirada Brewery in Fort Pierce, where they're holding a special one-day engineering course November 17th, followed by their fall meeting on the 18th. Don't miss the Gluten, Beer, and Related Regulations webinar on November 28th, the District St. Louis Holiday Party December 1st, or the Intro to Sake and Sake Brewing webinar December 6th. Check the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Now, back to the show. You evaluated about a dozen different esters. Uh, Tell us what results you found in regards to the ethyl
1: esters. So, for the ethyl esters, uh, most importantly... You know, in beer fermentation, we see ethyl acetate, you know, or not we see, but we perceive ethyl acetate um, a lot and whether that's good or bad. So, you know, at high concentrations, we're going to perceive that as potentially nail polish remover or solventy and in median concentrations, we'll perceive more of those nice fruity characteristics. So with with that ester, it was actually all over the board in these fermentations. the highest concentration being in the pure Saccharomyces fermentation, and in uh, it actually decreased quite a bit with Britannomyces, um being part of that mixed culture, and increased as as the inoculum percentage of Britannomyces went up, and that that was a really interesting result to see that that the mixed culture with you know comprised of almost seventy five percent Brettanomyces was Almost at the same concentration as the pure Saccharomyces fermentation, and I think, you know, we're we see this often with Bertanomyces and it and that ethyl acetate accumulation over time, just due to the fact that you know, you know, is, is really great at esterifying acetic acid into ethyl acetate. Um, for the other esters, you know, ethyl butyrate was measured, um, and that that had a linear relationship with with the inoculum percentage of bretanomyces increasing in in the mixed culture, and we actually saw it that particular compound trend downward to being below threshold with the pure britanomyces fermentation. Um, others that were measured were also um, three from fatty acids: so ethyl hexanoate, ethyl decanoate, and ethyl octanoate, and these, for the mixed culture fermentations at least, had very similar ester profiles, ester concentrations and um, the mixed culture fermentations. What was interesting about the pure botanomyces fermentation was that ethyl decanoate was actually almost threefold the concentration of any of the other fermentations.
0: You also saw some interesting results among isoamyl acetate and esters from higher alcohols. Why don't you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so with isoamyl acetate, I actually saw how quickly Brettanomyces impacts that compound in fermentation, and the pure Saccharomyces fermentation was fairly high in isoamyl acetate. But once even just a little bit of Brettanomyces, you know, twenty-five percent of Brettanomyces was uh, a part of that mixed culture, it was hydrolyzed immediately, and it actually was not even detectable in the purebret fermentation. With the higher alcohols, you actually saw a trend downward as pertanomyces as um, became a bigger role in the mixed culture fermentations. Um, and that inoculum percentage increased all the way to being really low in the purebred fermentation.
0: Very interesting. All right, tell us what you found out in regards to phenolic compounds.
1: So, so it's important to note that all of the esters and phenols were run through GC analysis, and Boulevard Brewing actually helped me out with that tremendously. And for the phenol analysis, these were all run on the mass spec, and we measured four vinyl glycol, which we know as to be clove, very traditional uh, characteristic of, of maybe vice beer, and also four ethyl glycol was measured, which four of VG being its precursor, and 4-ethylphenol, which is that really characteristic Brett aroma flavor compound, so the barnyard horse blanket. And it's important that these compounds are measured, especially with Brettanomyces, since it is such a phenol-driven yeast strain. And we saw that with 4-VG, it was drastically reduced by Brettanomyces in the in the mixed culture fermentations, as expected all the way to not even being detectable in the pure brett fermentation. And then 4-ethylglyacol and 4 phenol actually followed very similar trend lines or you know, patterns in ester concentrations as britanomyces played a greater role in the mixed culture fermentation and um, moving those compounds way above that threshold, that sensory threshold level.
0: So they were all below threshold uh, without the brett and then way above after, right?
1: Yes. All
0: right. So you got some. You want to talk about phenol distribution too before we go on.
1: Yeah. So for the overall phenol distribution, we see that actually all the mixed culture fermentations contain all three of those phenols that were measured. So four VG, four AP, and four EG. And you see with the pure culture fermentations that they're really dominant in one or two compounds. The pure Saccharomyces fermentation was really high in four VG. And the pure Brett fermentation actually had no 4VG present, um, which there is some literature out there, but Brett isn't really known to carry that phenolic off flavor positive gene. Maybe like a heft strain would. Um, So to see all four, or I'm sorry, all three of those compounds present in the mixed culture fermentations was, was really interesting.
0: That's cool. Okay, so you got some linear relationships, which you must have been pretty happy to see. Um, we can talk more about that, but I'm curious if you could speak to sort of um, how the analytical results compared to sensory.
1: So yeah, it was nice to see really linear relationships uh, with all these compounds and that there is something out there to controlling your inoculations, at least in, in this sense, in the lab-scale fermentation trials. Um, in regard to, to sensory data, it was Really great to see that these mixed culture fermentations, they display a really wide array of and you know diverse ester and phenol concentrations that are pretty pleasant. So, you know, with the pure culture fermentations, we're seeing really high concentrations in, in just a few compounds, but in the mixed culture fermentations, we're seeing, you know, maybe more medium concentrations, but it's more of of, of this bouquet of of esters and phenols that make this these beers um more complex complex, i I think yeah yeah Yeah. cool the thing that i notice a lot with mixed culture fermentations right now which rightly so but it it seems like there's just a lot of uh kind of like black box syndrome like just throw a bunch of stuff in and see what happens yeah and i think i think that just being able to Use maybe lab trials to see what works and what what doesn't work is is really beneficial to these sorts of uh, fermentations.
0: and it's really not that difficult.
1: no, it's, it's really not. You know as long as you have a, a you know a pretty reliable work stream, I think that you know you can you can do a lot and you can play with a lot, and I think that we're just kind of you know so used to working with single pure cultures day in and day out. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And you know, for us, that's definitely what pays our bills. But I I think that, you know, if a simple lab setup, you can trial out tons of different yeast strains, um, you know, Brett and SAC and, and even uh, you know, use some bacteria, although I think there is a, a benefit to, to that being in most of these being in oak, but you can at least start to get these and phenol profiles for, for maybe what could be.
0: That was Nick Mater here on the Master Brewers Podcast. If you missed Nick's presentation during the 2017 Master Brewers Conference in Atlanta, you can still download his slides. Look for the conference proceedings available soon in the Master Brewers Bookstore at mbaa.com. 130 years ago, Master Brewers was built on the concept of brewers helping each other out so we could all make the best possible beer. That's still true to this day, and it's where a lot of the camaraderie in this industry originated. Master Brewers' award-winning Ask the Brewmasters is the best place to go for troubleshooting, where you'll find the industry's only discussion forum that's moderated for technical accuracy by a team of experts. See what everyone else is talking about, at community.mbaa.com United we brew Did you enjoy today's episode? Would you like us to keep making more? If so, there's a really simple way you can let us know Subscribe, rate, and review the Master Brewers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast of courage,
1: my heart full of rage, I can't get stuck, I can't be losing too much, and